0: And visit Bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator.
2: You're listening to the Vox
1: Media Podcast Network.
3: Welcome back to the fighter versus the rider. And uh, the man I'm welcoming in today is not only co hosted the show in the past, but he's coming off a monstrous win over the weekend, avenged a past loss. Got to be honest, look better than ever. I mean, goodness gracious, what a performance. Let me speak today. Welcome in, Bilal
2: Muhammad. Bilal, how are you?
3: <laughs>
2: I'm good, my brother. Thank you for the introduction. I appreciate that.
3: Absolutely, man! Looking fresh. Uh, what a performance, man! I I gotta say, like you've had strong performances. Your fight over Wonder Boy was incredibly impressive. Your fight over Damian Maya was incredibly impressive. But man, the way you fought Vicente Luque was so incredibly impressive. You completely took him out of his game, and you and you impl- and you basically put your will on him. Uh, man, just congratulations! What a performance!
2: Thank you man yeah honestly uh a lot of work went into this camp a lot of hard work a lot of uh you know there's a lot of stress and anxiety and overthinking uh this whole this whole camp just because fighting a guy that's been you before uh i was like i cannot let this happen again so i, I worked twice as hard pushed myself to the, to the limits uh my team my my coaches we studied more than ever um and we figured out the perfect plan to to be the guy like that And, uh, you know, he's a monster. You know, Luke. I think he's still one of the best guys in the division. And and, uh, I proved that I'm one of the best guys in the division now. Now there's, like, no other excuses for anybody else to to hate on me or or call about me now. You know, I went out there and I beat a guy that finished me before, a guy that's finished uh, plenty of other guys before and uh, took some of his best punches, gave him some of my best punches, and, uh, you know, just fought perfectly, I think.
3: Absolutely. I agree. Can you give me a sense of going into the fight? What was the game plan? Like when you guys studied him, because your movement and the way you kind of made him chase you and then you were hitting him and he just, again, we'll talk about the third round when he, when he basically landed the one really good punch he had in the fight, but. The entire fight, he's trying to he's trying to chase you. He's trying to cut off the cage. You never allowed him to do that. Your movement was giving him so many problems, and then you were hitting him, hitting him, hitting him, and he just could not find a home for anything. Was that just the game plan in and of itself? Did you see something in his game that kind of told you, hey, this kind of movement's going to give him problems?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, literally were nothing but footwork and footwork and movement the whole camp because he's, he's very good at planting his feet and – uh, when you're in front of him, he'll he hit you hard because he plants his feet and he finishes a lot of guys that way. That They get in a lot of brawls with him. Uh, he's not afraid to take one to, to give one. And, you know, going back and looking at the Wonderboy fight, Wonderboy did very good at hitting and moving, hitting and moving. Even Kiesa did very good at side shuffle, side shuffle, then sprints it in with his uh, uh, punches. Um, and I think that our game plan was to hit him, and then when he thinks we're going to stick to hitting him, that's when we shoot on him. When he thinks we're going to shoot on him, that's when we hit him. That's when he thinks we're going to bang with him, all right, we're going to move. When we hit him one, two, we're going to keep moving after that. Then when he gets frustrated, that's when we shoot, take him down. Um, you know, I think it's like, like I said, uh, I feel like I'm working with some of the best coaches, best team in the world. And I think that we just came out with the perfect plan. I just figured, man, I was like, at some point he's going to break because I was hitting him with some very good uh, body kicks. And my kicks are hard. And I was like, one of these guys, he dropped this guy, man, but he wasn't showing no facial expression at all, man. But I'm like, this guy is tough.
3: Yeah, I heard, maybe you can confirm this for me, I heard after the fight that Gilbert Burns actually came up to you and told you the body kicks uh, made a huge difference in the fight. So maybe he didn't show it during the fight, but did he say something to you afterwards?
2: It was Luke. Luke told my coaches. Oh. Uh, yeah, Luke told my coaches uh, after the fight, uh, yeah, man, those body kicks uh, hurt, man. They changed a lot. And, uh, you know, Luke, like I said, even after the fight, Luke was just like, so respectful, man. Like, as I said, like such a good guy. He was like, yeah, I prayed for Palestine, man. And it was right after the fight. And I was like, like, you know, you don't expect that for somebody you just went to battle with. And that's what I love about the sport. I love about being a real martial artist. Uh, a lot of respect for him.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and the body kicks were nasty, and, and the striking, too, you know, going into the fight, a lot of people, I know you said this at the post-fight presser, a lot of people said, well, it'd be your grappling against his striking. You've shown great striking in the past, but we all, we know how dangerous Luque is. I mean, the guy's got one-punch knockout power, and you went out there, and you were out striking him, you were out grappling him. Like, again, I'm sure you would have loved a first-round knockout that would have been sweet, but at the same time, like, the way you dominated him for almost the entire five-round period, like, that has to make you feel good because you beat him pretty much in every facet of the game.
2: Yeah, honestly, uh, like I said, uh, regardless, I'm still going to have the trolls and the haters that don't respect my game, but I think that I got a lot of respect from a lot of high-end fighters. I've, I got tweets from Justin Gaethje, Saudo, Frank Edgar, all these guys, my peers, that respect my game, they respect what, I, what I've what i done, and they see that how I'm growing and getting better. And respect from people like you who understand the sport and understand what it takes to, to beat a guy like Luke and see the little things and beat him on the feet or beat him on the ground. Um, you know, it's telling me that all my hard work is finally uh, paying off. And, you know, like I said, I, I worked super hard, man. I I, I literally bleed, bleed for bleed uh, blood, sweat and tears for this this whole camp and uh, I'm just glad it paid off.
3: Absolutely. I got to ask you real quick about the takedowns too, because your wrestling's always been a, a great weapon for you, but you were taking him down in the middle of the cage. And we just don't see that that often anymore. Like there's so many takes takedowns that happen against the cage. You and the best wrestlers in the sport rarely hit a really good double leg and put it in the middle of the octagon. You did that several times. And that was, that blew me away because one Luke is not super easy to take down, but just the fluidity at which you were dropping your levels, driving through the takedown and putting him down in the middle of the cage again you had to be happy with that because that's not easy to do
2: yeah i said, man. so many people underestimate me like i said i'm not the best striker i'm not the best grappler i'm not the best wrestler but i put it all together better than anybody else in the division and my iq is better than anybody else in the division i think that my timing is better than anybody else in the division i think that uh for me i i practice it all and i like i don't i don't leave no stone unturned. So like we knew that he was the type of guy that's going to be in my face. He's going to pressure me forward uh, with Wonder Boy. I was able to pressure him forward and push him against the fence to take him down that way. So I knew that I was going to need different takedowns for Luke A because that's how Luke A does. He stands forward, stands right in front of you and he's, he has my back in the cage. So this whole camp we were working on just different wrestling, uh, different takedowns and seeing the open map. And you know, I was even with him, you know, I was hoping that he would give up his back at certain points and I'll be able to throw the hooks in and, and uh, get it finished. But he was doing a very good job of getting up properly and getting up the right way too and making it uh, difficult for me to hold him down uh, longer than I, I wanted.
3: Yeah, I mentioned that third round. He did clip you with a good shot in the third round, which was kind of as again, this is not you know, this is just a, a testament to the performance you put on. Really, it was the only solid shot he really caught you with almost the entire fight. Not to say he didn't land punches, but that was the only seemingly clean punch he landed. But you recovered really well. You you kind of backed off. You never allowed him to overwhelm you, which is that's what Vicente does. That's what he does. He waits for you to make a mistake and then he feasts on it. You never did that. Like, did you always have your composure? In that moment like did you ever really feel buzzed or did he, did he just catch you with a good one and then you recovered pretty quickly because again he never followed up which is that's what he does that's what luke does he, he's like a, a shark in the water
2: yeah yeah uh you know he caught me and but i feel like i recovered really quickly really uh got right back into it um was just trying to get back into my movement like and then for me mentally it's like thing is this happening again this is not gonna happen again and also it's like you want to get that one back so like he just called me or something I'm like all right I got to get that one back uh a lot of the time but my coaches were very good at telling me all right move 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 get back to defense discipline 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 That that was the biggest key for this whole uh camp was just being disciplined with my defense because you know like I said all it takes is one shot from him so we did a whole lot of work on just keep my hands up. Uh, you know, I, I used to have bad uh, attributes of dropping my hands, keeping my chin up when I'm moving and things like that. And, uh, you know, this whole camp, we wanted to make it just subconsciously. The hands are always up. Hands are always up. Hands up. Hands up. Discipline, discipline, discipline. And my coach was screaming to me, and I was able to recover, thankfully, and uh, end up getting a takedown in that third round as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you said it to me before the five below. You said, you know, when you beat Damian Maya, people were trying to discredit you and said, well, he's, you know, he, he was on his, on his way to retirement, whatever. You beat Wonderboy. They said, oh, well, Wonderboy is past his prime. He's not the same Wonderboy. You said, what excuse are they going to have when I go out there and do that to, to Vicente Luque coming off of four or five wins in a row? Four finishes in a row, you know, finishing the former champion, would Woodley, going out there and having that crazy good fight with Michael chiesa all the things he's done. Do you feel like that was the exact kind of statement you wanted to make in a fight like that? Because, again, first round knockout, yes, it would have been great. It would have been sweet, all those kind of things. But I think the way you dominated him for five rounds, you never allowed him to get in the fight. Said a lot about who you are as a fighter and, and doing it in a main event. Do you feel like that was the kind of statement you wanted to make? And as you said on, on Saturday night, what do you gotta say now?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I felt like that was the that was the performance I wanted. That was the performance I wanted. Obviously you always want to finish. Um there's always gonna be doubters no matter what. They're always gonna hope and pray that I that I lose and fail. But uh I think that I earned a lot of respect from a lot of people and a lot of people now have their eyes open with me now, and now they see. And then when you're looking back at it, uh, this last 15 months, this is going to be, that was my fifth, uh, top ranked, uh, opponent that I fought, uh, three top five guys that I, I fought, even though Leon Evers wasn't a full fight, it was still a top five guy that I accepted to fight with. And there's a lot of these guys that are in the top five that aren't fighting top centers that aren't fighting anybody that's top ranked. I have two wins over top five guys. Now three wins over top 10 guys now in the last year. And I'm the only one out here saying yes to fight the best guys. And I, and I think that it's more so now where it's, people are realizing that, you know, all right, this guy's not going anywhere. This guy's still staying at the top. There's, you know, all right, we, we try to give him this. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. All right, let's give him the guy that knocked him out. Fudge, that didn't work either. <laughs> uh, so now they're like, I don't know what we have to do. I think that now they're, they're, they're trying to starting to figure out that, you know, I think this guy's going to end up with the belt around his waist. I don't know how to
3: how to stop this guy. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we, years ago, we did a story. I'm sure you remember we did a story about, I think it was when you were going to fight in Abu Dhabi, and we talked about the dedication you've had for the Palestinian people and always giving that a lot of attention uh, and and necessary attention. Let's be honest about that. Uh, you took the platform you had on Saturday night main event. You got a captive audience. And I'm a big, big believer in, you know, use that mic time, man, whatever you're going to use it for, whether you're calling somebody out or calling somebody to a cause. Uh, we saw it last week with Mike Mallet when he talked about his coach, who was going through a really tough time with his daughter with cancer. And then that GoFundMe blew up. You use your mic. People will pay attention. How important was it for you, your first big main event like that, coming off the big main event win, to, uh, to, to use that platform and, and kind of, you know, kind of shout that out, something that, that people don't think about a lot?
2: Honestly, it, it meant the the world to me that, uh, and it, I appreciate the UFC giving me that platform and that opportunity to to give me the the mic and let me say those things because it's I I tell myself all the time I have to be a voice for the voiceless like the people they don't know about. Uh, the world will cry for Ukraine. The world will go nuts for them, and it's uh, I pray for those people as well. I pray for all these people that are uh, you know being mistreated and the palestinian people for so many years they it happens every time they're it's the same for them as it is for these people now that you're just starting to notice it with the ukrainian people that palestine's been going through it it for hundreds of years and you know it just started re-escalating again right when ramadan started so i knew that every ramadan it happens and it happened literally the week before my fight where it started getting worse over there uh and like i said i i just literally just pray for peace and Uh, Coexistence And like being a Muslim is, I don't have hate for anybody. I don't have a hate for any religions. Uh, I just want people to be humans and to see us as humans. And, you know, to know that we exist, that when I carry that flag and people tell me, oh, you're American, it doesn't matter. I'm carrying the flag for people that they don't have opportunity to carry that flag for themselves. They don't have anybody that can do that for them. So for me to be able to do that, It just means the world to me and for me to get that win and to know that I'm getting messages from people from Palestine that are saying that they love me and that win meant so much for them and they lost their home and everything. And just watching me win, uh, made their day, and made their month. Like, it's heartbreaking for me, but it's also just so satisfying.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought it was really cool you did that. Also, everyone talked about it. I, I feel like I keep bringing up past things we've done, Bilal, because I'm just saying I was ahead of the curve on everyone else, Bilal, in terms of your career. I'm just saying. Like, I've been I've been shouting up Bilal Muhammad for many, many years. Uh, going back a few years, we did the story uh, where you talked about fighting during Ramadan because you're one of the only guys who does it. And, again, I have nothing but the utmost respect for any of the guys who don't do it because it's not easy. And And I put up a quote on Saturday night, and you said – uh, you always you always look at it as a way to make yourself better, and you said, because every everyone says, I'm having a hard training camp, or I'm having the best training, but I know my opponents aren't fasting, I know my opponents aren't going through what I'm going through, you kind of conditioned yourself, now, I know you said after the fight, one of these days I need to stop doing this, but it is it is kind of your thing now, right? Like, this is like the third or fourth time you've done it. Yeah, I
2: know, I'm literally, I'm telling my, it's a, Ali, no more, no more uh, during Ramadan, uh, because it's, it's it, like you said, it, it's it's harder, but also it just makes me want to, uh, you know, it makes me more mentally strong during that month and pushes me, I know, to different levels. Um, but also, I gotta just give more respect to 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 just focusing straight nothing on the religion or nothing, everything out of my head. But the month should be just dedicated to the religion. So for myself, I want like I tell myself all the time, like I need to stop doing that. Uh, because that's what it's supposed to be a holy month it's supposed to be a holy month of nothing but religion faith uh, concentrating on that bettering yourself as a Muslim and you know having a fight and concentrating you know you're, you're overthinking too about fighting too and things like that so n- no more as this but you know, who knows if you call me again for another main event Muhammad spot I'm always going to say, yeah,
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it right now. Watch. It's going to be the title fight. You know, that's going to happen, right? I'm, well, they're going to call you and be like, Hey, we got a title <laughs> fight for you, but it's going to be during Ramadan. You know, that's going to happen, right?
2: <laughs> oh man. hundred percent. Watch, it's going to be, and it's going to be like in Chicago, the United center. Like, Hey, uh, we have this bottle, water. And <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey, you know what you're going to do? You're going to say, yep. Give it to me. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, let you know of course you know coming out of that win you know in terms of where you're at in the division you know we we, we kind of look at the layland now of course afterwards you called out Colby Covington and it's kind of funny right before the fight I did a story and you talked about how you still wanted that Colby Covington fight I joked on Saturday I said you're literally going to the entire nice guy division after after Damian Maia Wonderboy and Vicente Luca you've wiped out the nice guy division and by the way and I mean this is a true compliment Bilal you are an incredibly nice guy yourself you can trash talk you can have fun but you actually are incredibly Really nice guys yourself so before i get to anything else have you solidified yourself are you officially the nmf they they say the the, the nicest mofo champion have you officially because you've now taken out all three guys
2: i dude, that's a that's a that's a perfectly good point right there i'm like i'm sitting there like man People, uh, I get tweets all the time of people like hating on me. And everybody's like, bro, because you're beating the freaking nicest guys in the UFC. They had the, the nicest fan base, and like you're beating their 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 favorite fighters." And I'm like, "Oh, that's a good point." And it's like, I get it all the time. My brother's like, "Oh, why don't you talk trash to them? Talk trash to him?" I'm like, bro, I'm not gonna talk trash to Maya. I'm not gonna talk trash to Wonderboy. I'm not gonna talk trash to Luke Uh Like you said, I'm a nice guy myself, so I don't like to fake it. So you know what? Now there's some scumbags up at the top that. Uh, I'd have some fun talking trash to And uh, going back and forth with
3: Yeah well you are uh, are The nice guy champion for now but that's all Going to end very soon because you mentioned The guys that are at the top of the division you mentioned Colby Covington the name you want I know Hamzad is the other guy out there you put the tweet Out there saying hey July 5th Hamzad or Colby I'm ready to go Um, I know you called out Colby And and I think the call A lot of people said Why are you calling out Colby Because they already said They're going to make the Hamza fight I got to be honest And and I think you know this Bilal And I think a lot of people Will agree with me There's no guarantee Colby's going to take The Hamza fight Let's just be completely Honest about that We don't That fight's not signed It's not done Nothing's been You know Nothing's been official So but in a perfect world, what is the better fight? Is it Colby or is it Hamza? Because Hamza's got the hype right now. He's got all the attention in the world coming off the Gilbert Burns fight. Colby is the guy I know you don't like. You've been calling out Colby Covington for the past two years in interviews we've been doing. So I know you really want that fight on a personal level.
2: What would mean more to you? Uh, Yeah, you're right. I I tell people that. I'm like, they're like, oh, well, Kamza's going to fight Colby. I'm like, Colby's not taking that fight. Look at (sighs) Look who Kobe's fighting. Look who Kobe's calling out. He's calling out 55ers. Uh, now that his tooth is broken, he's probably going to be on the sidelines for a couple of years uh, <laughs> until he gets some money from uh, Masvidal. But for me, it's either one of those fights. Like both of those fights, I feel like the buildup would be pretty good. Kamzat was one of the trolls that uh, tweeted out Luke knocking me out. So I have no respect for him. I'm down to fight him. Any, like, that fight would mean a lot to me to to be the guy like that where who everybody thinks is invincible and is untouchable. Uh, obviously, he had a great fight against Gilbert Burns. It was nothing but respect for both those guys, but uh, definitely want to beat him. I want to be the guy that stops him, the guy that I don't want to have no excuses over the next guy that I beat. That they say, "Oh well, this guy's still here. He's gonna get the title shot next." Like I know that being Luque, uh, I know that. Hamza was still there so they're gonna if Hamza be Gilbert Burns I was gonna be stuck in that well Hamza still gonna should fight Usman next so now it's like I want to fight if Hamza fights Kobe and I fight somebody else if Hamza beats Kobe he's getting a title shot before me so I'd rather just skip all that fight him five round fight winner gets a title shot makes makes a lot of sense to me I think
3: no, I agree. I agree. And, and again, uh, you know, you've been the guy who, you know, since day one, you've been calling for the Hamza fight. You know, you were supposed to get him in London. We talked about that. Uh, they offered it to you. You accepted. Unfortunately, it didn't end up happening. And I know you talked about it before the fight that, you know, you were impressed by Hamza's performance, but you're not Gilbert Burns in the way you fight. And I can't see you going into a Hamza fight and just biting down on your mouthpiece and swinging punches until one of you falls over. Now, Gilbert Burns. Listen, I can't say enough good things about that guy. That guy's a monster. He's a warrior and, you know, all the love in the world to that guy. I I talked to Gilbert last week. I mean, again, I can't say enough good things about that performance, but I know you're not Gilbert. You're not going to fight him the way Gilbert fought him. Uh, Do you like that matchup in terms of style, especially now that we've seen a little more out of him? Because before there just really wasn't much to judge on. Like it was just such dominant one sided performances. We really didn't know much about him
2: yeah honestly i like that was the perfect thing that's what i wanted out of that fight Uh, i was like you know i I like gilbert so i was rooting for gilbert in general just because we're boys uh but i was like i want to see at least three rounds i don't care what happens i just don't want it to be a a quick knockout on either side because i want to see what Hamza really got in him. and you know we we got a lot of tape on him now now we see things uh when like i said when i was training for him for the london fight when i thought i was gonna fight him in london i watched tape on him already and i was sitting there looking at openings and the openings that I saw from watching those tapes, I saw in the Gilbert Burns fight as well. So I see a lot of openings. And like I said, I think I'm very good at breaking down fighters and analyzing what it takes to beat those guys. And I do see a lot of uh, ways for me to beat Hamza. And like you said, Gilbert's one of those guys that he's going to be in there. You Let's bang it out. Uh, you want to throw, I'm going to throw. For me, I'm going to figure out – It's for me, it's chess. You want to play chess, I'm going to – take you to places where your your queen can't go i'm gonna you're gonna think that i'm doing this but i'm gonna do that and uh that's how i beat a lot of these guys because i outsmart them
3: yeah absolutely in your heart of hearts do you feel like it's gonna be Hamza? because uh i gotta be honest below i talked about colby not taking the hamza fight i don't know that colby would take a fight with you either
2: yeah as i said i don't think colby's gonna take a fight uh with either of us um who he's looking for somebody off of losses or he's looking for a 55 er uh, or I think he's going to probably call out like a Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz. Uh, he's going to wait on the sidelines for one of those type of fights. And, uh, I just don't think he's going to take any tough matchups really. Uh, so like I said, I'm a guy that likes to stay busy. I like to stay active. I like to stay fighting. I know Hamza likes to stay fighting, stay active. So I think it, it, coming off back to back weeks of us fighting. I think that one makes a lot of sense. Uh especially with the title fight looming.
3: Yeah, you mentioned July 5th. You mentioned, you know, coming up in July, uh, we know that's going to be International Fight Week. You mentioned at the presser, you know, wanting to fight on the same card as Usman and Leon Edwards, if that gets done, because, you know, you're just waiting for the moment when Leon somehow doesn't get to fight and you end up stepping into the main event. Um, but is there part of you that if it ends up being the Hamzat fight, and again, it could be on a pay-per-view because they've done it, but do you feel like that's got to be five rounds? Like is there part of you that says, I want that as the main event because three rounds just doesn't... It, because your cardio your condition the way you push the pace i would be very interested to see how hamza would do in a fight like that because you do approach a fight like that in a different way
2: yeah i think it has to be five rounds i think uh me coming off this fight five round fight uh i showed that i could go full five rounds i think for hamza for himself you know he was telling gilbert yeah let's go five rounds uh so i think that he would want a five round fight too to test himself before a title fight in general too because i think if we do fight each other, the winner's for sure going to get a title fight. So I think that he would want a five-round fight himself to test himself and see where he's at. And I think it makes the most sense. You've seen big fights in the UFC, uh, like Nate Diaz and uh, 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 all go five rounds or, or uh, uh, the Poirier fight goes five rounds. So they made so many events and stuff, five-round fights. So I think that they would make this fight a five-round fight for sure if it goes through
3: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Let me, let me throw out one other just small caveat to this because again, we know Hamza, we know Colby. The only other guy out there would be, uh, would be Gilbert. And Gilbert's the only other guy in the rankings right there. Would you have any desire to visit that fight only because he is coming off a loss? And, and again, I know there's maybe a bit of a storyline because of the Gilbert, because of the uh, Vicente Luque thing. That's his best friend, his brother, all those kind of things. Or, or are you kind of keeping your focus on Hamzat or Colby because they are coming off wins? And I would imagine a win over either one of them would pretty much guarantee you a title shot.
2: I mean, Gilbert was cheering for Luque in the crowd. I was like, "Come on, Gilbert! I thought we were boys." <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you know, obviously, like I don't, I don't think he lost any uh, momentum by losing to Hamza. That was a great fight. But for me, honestly, I feel like I'd rather fight one of the other two, just because, you know, like I said, I've trained that Sanford before. I would want to get training in with a guy like Gilbert if I'm fighting Hamza. Uh, I would, I would want something like that because he's been in the cage with them. And, you know, we're cool on that point where we would train with each other. I don't think it would, he would be mad or anything about it or any animosity toward us. So, uh, yeah, I'd rather they train with their team instead of fight their team again because I like their team. Jared Gordon's down there. My boy, Henry Hoop, uh, is the man. I, I love, uh, you know, watching his tapes, talking to him all the time, too. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, if it happens, it happens, but I'd rather fight one of the other two that, you know, I could actually. Get riled up for it and talk trash to it, you know, go back and forth with.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And listen, I, you know, like I said, I like either matchup, but I don't want to put Colby completely out of the thought process here, because again, I know that's one you've wanted forever, but I'm just playing the odds here. And I think odds are, you know, I don't think he's, I personally don't think he's going to take the Hamza fight. I just don't. I don't, I don't think that's a fight he's going to want to take. We already know he's, I mean, even if he beats Hamza, there's no guarantee. They're going to just give him a third fight with Usman because he already lost twice. So it's like, what, you know, I, what does he gain outside of a big risk of getting beat? You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I, I agree with you, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I see that as a much more likely scenario than him taking the Hamza fight. And then, again, Hamza needs somebody. You're coming off a main event win, coming off several wins in a row. That does kind of make the most sense, if I'm being honest.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I feel like it's a clear path, and it's a clear, clear uh, number one contender fight, honestly, if you're really looking at it. And I, to me, either one of us uh, – when this fight is like no denying us the title shot
3: yeah can i ask you you mentioned of course the leon usman fight let's just play devil's advocate and say it does happen you know as it's scheduled um you know gilbert gilbert told me when i talked to him after the fight with uh after I talked to him after the fight with, with Hamzat, he said that he, uh, he actually thought, you know, Leon would be a little tougher matchup for Usman than a lot of people imagine because of his footwork, because of his striking. But I don't think anyone has told me they're going to pick Leon Edwards to beat Usman. Um, I know you're not the biggest Leon Edwards fan in the world. And I don't think you have any kind of beef with Usman outside of wanting to take his title, but do you give Leon a good shot against Usman or do you think that's going to be one way traffic?
2: Honestly, to me, I think it's going to be one way traffic. Uh, Feeling Leon in the first uh, round that we had uh, in the grappling sequences we had, uh, like he didn't feel strong at all. Uh, and I think that Usman, the way that he's getting better and better every single fight and the way that Leon's not fighting at all and not really competing at all. I just think that, and then coming his last fight uh, when was against a guy like Nate Diaz. Uh, I think that Usman is just going to be too much for him uh, coming off of two big wins against like a uh, Masvidal and, Colby Covington and Leon's coming off of a three-year layoff and uh, a win against Nate Diaz. I think that Usman, it's going to be, I think, like a replay of the first fight. I think he's going to take him down, control him on the ground. Uh, And Leon is fast on the feet. He has good hands, good footwork. Uh, But I think that Usman will be able to grab a hold of him and uh, be able to control him the whole time
3: yeah it's so funny you mentioned it after the fight and, and listen I get listen there's a lot of I do there's some things I feel bad for Leon because again you he he didn't start the pandemic he didn't cancel the fight with Woodley he didn't try to get COVID when he was going to fight Holmes so there's been some misfortune that's kind of befallen him uh, but at the same time he has been out so long and, and again his his biggest win in you know recent years has been the Nate Diaz fight which was a fight afterwards everyone's talking about Nate because of the fifth round when Nate almost came back and beat him and I know you said that afterwards but like at this point it feels like it's a done deal but I know it's not a done deal but like is there a party that's like hey should the UFC revisit who actually gets the next title shot because in theory Hamzat's win over Gilbert is bigger than you know uh, the fights that Leon's had recently now I I, I, listen I have nothing against Leon Edwards and like I said a lot of what's happened to him I do feel bad for him about uh, but is there a party that's like hey or or are you just like not even trying to think about like okay they're giving the title shot let's just do it and move on
2: like, like, I want to say that. And honestly, if you're looking at it, but it makes me, I don't want people to, anytime I bring up Leon's name, people are like, oh, crybaby, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But, you know, literally, like, who has he beat that's in the top 10? Who has he beat that's ranked? Nobody. Uh, I know he has a lot of wins, but like I said, I've fought five ranked guys in the last year, beat uh three or four top uh, 10 guys in the last year, and he's beat a 55 or and before that, he's being nothing but 55ers. Uh, and I know Dana White promised him this title shot. Uh, but like I said, you, you go back, you look at it. I think Dana needs to uh, revisit his thought process. I know that uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, Leon having the same manager as uh, McGregor. But, uh, you know, McGregor's on the sidelines. I don't think McGregor's coming back anytime soon. So maybe you can just tell Leon to kick rocks.
3: <laughs> do you think that actually plays influence in terms of like, you know, Connor maybe touting for Leon behind the scenes?
2: I, I don't know you know you never know you get dana white privilege uh <laughs> when you connect the, the irish gem.
3: <laughs> well like i said I, we're all acting like it's a foregone conclusion but you're right nothing's done nothing's a done deal but i do think if they're gonna do usman versus leon i think you and uh and hamzat is a five-round co-main event that sounds pretty uh pretty enticing to me
2: yeah that sounds amazing honestly
3: so now you mentioned, of course, you're still, of course, you know, honoring Ramadan right now. So you mentioned after the fight, you're, you're not going to be able to pig out or anything right now because you're still fasting during the day, during daylight hours, all those kind of things. Are you going to be able to celebrate? Are you going to are you going to enjoy this victory a little bit? Or are you going to kind of just get right back in the gym?
2: Yeah, honestly, as I said it's like the perfect it's actually worked out perfectly because, you know, right after a fight, you want to just eat nothing but trash. And uh, now I have to sit there and wait till 7.30 to eat this trash. Uh, so it works out better for me because the the week after the fight, I take off. And, you know, I'm just sitting down watching TV, watching Netflix. And, you know, when you're watching Netflix, that's when the snacks come out. So now <laughs> I'm going to be hungry, starving. And uh, when it becomes time to, to eat, my stomach's already going to be shrunk. So uh, my body's probably going to be thinking I'm cutting weight again. So it's probably gonna be like, it's going to get stuffed after one meal. Uh, so I think my weight's going to be pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm, I always go back, watch the tape, see what I need to work on differently, see what I need to fix, see what uh, what I could uh, change better. And like I said, now that I moved up the the rankings, now, like I said, the, the window's smaller of who I'm going to fight. So now I start looking at these guys, start breaking down each one of these guys uh, the way that I would fight each one of them because I don't know which one they're going to call me for, but I know it's going to be one of those top two or three guys.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like I said, I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to put all the eggs in one basket, but I think the comms that fights the one that's going to, it's just going to happen. I just honestly believe that because when you look at the lay of the land, I think that's the one they're going to make. But again, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'm not opposed to being wrong. But like I said, I think that's the matchup they're going to end up making because I just don't see Colby taking that fight.
2: Yeah. And you know me, I'm the guy that's never going to say no. And, uh, (laughs) And I doubt he'll say no. So it makes, let's get it
3: yeah I love it I love it well Bilal I truly do mean it when I say what an incredible performance man enjoyed this victory because you earned it that was uh I mean, just incredible strategy, incredible execution. Uh, Again, knockout would have been nice, but I honestly think the five-round performance was better because you got to beat him in every facet of the game over five rounds. No excuses, no lucky punches, none of that garbage. So, incredible performance, man. Congratulations again. Enjoy the victory, and I look forward to chatting again, uh, get you back on the podcast. We'll have you back here playing analyst before too long as well. Uh, But for now, enjoy the victory, and uh, thank you as always for taking the time. You know I appreciate it.
2: thank you brother appreciate you appreciate your time
0: absolutely we'll talk soon okay all right brother all right bye-bye the bellator champion series is back in action friday may 17th live from paris france reigning bantamweight champ patchy mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist magomed magomedov
1: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Want to
3: say a big thank you, of course, to Bilal Muhammad for joining the show today. Just a couple days removed from his big win in a main event over Vicente Luque. Right now, we're going to move on to another interview I conducted on uh, on Monday, talking to another man who fought this past weekend. Unfortunately, he had a uh, different kind of ending to his fight, uh, an inconclusive ending, let's say. It's always a pleasure to speak to this man, and uh, in my opinion, he is the number one light heavyweight in the sport. And if there's a question about that, I think those answers, uh, those questions were answered this past weekend. A lot to talk about, of course, so welcome back to great Corey Anderson. Corey, how are you? I'm good, Dan. How would you I'm fantastic, man. I appreciate you taking time. and know we're only a couple days removed from the fight. Uh, a lot to talk to you about, but let me ask first, how are you feeling afterwards? Uh, you know, It seemed like, again, you were pretty dominant in the fight. Didn't come away any injuries. How are you feeling today? I mean,
4: just sore pretty much, you know. Uh, but the way the fight went the way it ended, I didn't sleep much, so, you know, I was up drinking and hanging out with my friends, and, like, throughout yesterday and the day before, I was, like, the soreness is kicking me as I was up. So I'm real tired, you know, kicking it, trying to keep my mind off the way it ended in the travel and whatnot. So I'm sore, I'm tired, but nothing real serious. Nothing where I need time to like heal or anything. Just gonna take some time off and just let the body calm down from the soreness and get back to training pretty hard.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start, you know, before we talk about the ending, let's talk about the fight itself because, you know, it was a it was a really strong performance from you. You know, fairly close first round and back and forth. Obviously, you had your shots. He had a couple in there as well. But then second and third round were pretty lopsided in your favor. Third round in particular, uh, beyond the stoppage, which we'll get to in a second, how do you feel you did in the fight? How would you kind of grade your performance? A plus. I did exactly what
4: I was supposed to. First round, I mean, I I give that like a B minus. The plan was to weather the storm a little bit, but I was a little flat. I was very, very flat coming out in the first round, I don't know what it was. Even my best friend who was in the crowd, one of my trainer partners, he said, it just seemed like you was flat, but like at one point, you hit like a quick fake, and then shortly after that, you started getting your bounce back. But other than that, like the performance went exactly like I said it was. I told everybody, like I know he's gonna have a kick game, that's about it. He's gonna come out fast, he's gonna be bouncing nonstop, he's gonna throw that jab, and just everything I knew was gonna happen, happened. It's just, I was a little flat at the beginning, and got caught with a few shots that I shouldn't he got hit with
3: the uh the kick game you actually kind of took that away from him because it seemed like after that first round he didn't really throw anything because you had the, the threat of the takedown and once you got him down it seemed like he just didn't want to kick anymore did you notice that
4: yeah i mean i was part of it i was we knew the kicks would come and we knew eventually if we get the timing on the takedowns that probably stop him. you know because the chance of getting taken out is a lot higher if i catch a kick as you're throwing and you're off balance, it's a lot harder to keep your balance on one foot than it is two. So once we started attacking, I felt those kicks would slow down eventually. And they did.
3: Yeah. yeah. Second round, you got your takedown. Third round, you got your takedown. And, and again, dominant in both rounds. Um I won't say easier because that's the wrong word, but I mean, was it, was he easy? I, when I say yours, I don't mean it's an insult, was he easier to control on the ground than what you meant, than what you expected? Because you were pretty dominant, like he couldn't really get out from under you, you were passing his guard, and again, you're a very dominant fighter, but, you know, we've not really seen Nimkov get kind of dominated that way. Did you kind of see it going that way? Are you surprised how easily you were able to kind of move around his guard, move him around, kind of control him from the top?
4: I actually thought I was going to move him around a lot easier, to be honest. Like I told the coaches, first thing I said in the back, like, yo, he's a lot stronger than I expected. Like I knew he was going to be strong, but not in the fact like strength strong, but like his jujitsu guard and his Z guard and his frames were stronger to pass. Like the times I was trying to smash his legs to just get into like a three-quarter mount was a little harder than I expected because we never seen him in that position. Like you said, nobody ever seen him down there. Usually he just turns his back and wrestles his way up. So that's what I expected for him to do. But he actually played the jiu game the right way, keeping the frames, which made it harder for me to rain off my ground upon like I wanted to.
3: Yeah, but you were still very dominant in the second round. Then the third round you come out, and you actually hit him with a couple of shots. The right hand in particular, I thought he was hurt pretty badly. Now you tell me in the moment. Again, I'm, I literally watched the replay again like 15 minutes ago just to make sure it was fresh in my head. But you hit him with that left, right, but you hit him with the right. And I think the right really hurt him. Now you tell me, like, did you feel like he was wobbled in that moment? Because it sure looked like he was.
4: Yeah, he was on stanky legs. He covered up well. He played, did it really well. He got a good game face. I hit him and I saw his knees kind of like go a little bit when I first hit him. And that's when he started running outside the cage. And I started cutting him off, to take away his running room. and I knew he's either going to throw a big shot or a big kick or he's going to shoot as I cut him off on his cage. He did exactly that. He forced that shot.
3: Yeah, you get him down, and this time, not only are you dominating, but you're really landing some hard shots. There was one elbow in there that made me cringe a little bit because it was pretty nasty. Uh, you hit him with a couple. I mean, did you did you kind of feel like be, before the stoppage, like you would really, like that was kind of the beginning of the end. I understand we still had two more rounds to go. I understand things can change. I don't want to like, you know, completely negate what, you know, what he could have potentially done, but... Did you feel like that was starting to become the beginning of the end in terms of what you were doing to him, the punishment you were dishing out in that third round?
4: Yes, 100%. I felt like everything just drained away slowly. You can just tell. After he went for that choke, I can't remember the second and third when he got that choke. But after he got the little choke on the cage and I got out of that, I felt from there that was like his last. He used everything he had trying to squeeze that choke off, trying to get the finish. And I felt once I passed, he just kind of like, he was just going with the flow, like survival at that moment. Like, he wasn't trying to get up, but he was trying to keep me from landing shots on his face where the ref wouldn't stop it.
3: Yeah. So let's just go ahead and talk about the the ending because, again, I rewatched it just before this just to make sure I had everything fresh in my head. And the way it went was basically you went to throw an elbow, you went to throw it down. And He had moved his head out of the way, and that's really what led to the clash of heads. You were diving down with the elbow, and he had shifted the other way to try to avoid it, and that's where the, the clash of heads. Um, I, have you rewatched it like since the fight. I know it was a lot going on that night. Did you rewatch it and see like how it ended? Yeah, I
4: rewatched it. And what you said, same thing. I saw he had his little his uh frame with his legs, and when I went to drop the elbow, he felt I was coming down, but instead of staying his head here, he kind of shifted. And when he shifted, he got to push my body. Out, so I like, more of a sprawl. I was sprawling down to smash his legs and trying to drop all my weight at the same time. So it was like, I fell, but when he kicked my legs out, my head went down first and his head shifted over. So we collided right at the eyebrow area. I hit about here and it hit him here.
3: Yeah, you uh, in that moment, and I know you talked about the post fight press conference. You said you know you were a good sport because you immediately you know showed Frank Trigg you tapped your head that it was a head because I know he winced and he kind of you know you saw him kind of wince in pain and then you went like this you tapped your forehead and then obviously they paused at three seconds left. Now hindsight is twenty twenty, core. We all understand that. Like you in the moment, you're being a good sport and you talked about that in the moment and at the post fight you said you know I was a good sport. I told him what happened. Looking back at it now. Can you give me your thoughts on how that played out? Like, is there any regret that, like, you did? Because, it's I, again, it's three seconds. It ends, they go to the scorecards. Because there was three seconds left, they didn't go. I mean, it was the weirdest, it was the weirdest, like, chain of events, I guess is what I'm getting at.
4: Yeah. I was talking about this with my wife yesterday. Come back from the airport. I don't know if I would be happy if I had to go. So three seconds went off, you know? Because people are going to always say, even though I was dominating, we all saw the fight was going. People are always going to say, you actually didn't finish him. There's two rounds left. There's still two rounds left. You never really finished the fight. So you can't say, you know, I would have been happy at least to be the champ, And then they could have rem- made a rematch still. You know, they would have probably made a rematch either way because the way it ended. But I don't know how I would feel, to be honest, because I don't have the belt and I don't have the million in the But like I said, I was st- I've been thinking about it. Like If I had the belt, if that three seconds would have ended and the fight was over, Like, I'm confident with the fact that I was going to just do the same thing the next two rounds if it even went that far. But at the same time, I would love to have that clarity to just show, like, without the headbutt or not, I went out there and dominated. At the same time, I don't know if it would change my feelings. Right now, if I had the belt sitting right here behind me on this interview with a million-dollar checkup on the board, you just don't know until it happens
3: yeah do you do you regret no like basically signaling to, to refer to the referee that you had to clash heads like i guess that's the bigger question right because if you don't the, the ending may have still come they may have just done a replay and was the clash heads and that's it but do you regret actually being a good sport because you were a good sport you were like you were honest like you 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 told him yeah it was it was a head clash i do and i don't because
4: one thing about i'm just a good sport you know as a former college wrestling coaches, teach my kids always be a good sport, no matter what. No matter what, always do the right thing, be a good sport, and that's just the way my mom raised me. And again, that's just something I've been thinking about. Like, would I have not said that? Because Frank Trigg told me, keep going, keep going. Why are you stopping? Like, he said it, if you watch back at first, when it was 10 seconds, when it landed. Like, keep going, keep going, why are you stopping? I said it then, and he came around and he said something again. That's why I said it again, tap my head like, I butted him. Like we clash heads, that's all. And even when Mark Henry was like, keep going. He was like, just finish the Like, even look back at him, like, you was like, I'm just. That's just the type of person I am. You know, I could have kept going and played on. Like, no, nah, no, nah, we never hit heads. But I was being fair. You know, I don't want to win anything cheating. I'll never do steroids. I don't ever cheat any system. I don't do anything to get an advantage. I want to go out there and show I'm the best. Just Physically, mentally, everything I do I'm going to win it fair and square You're not going to say Corey cheated any kind of which way or form
3: Yeah And I love that about you and I think that says a lot about Who you are as a person because we got to be honest There's a lot of, and listen Listen I get it. If you said, Hey, the end of the round and then, and then you tell him, like, I wouldn't, again, I understand that. Like, I'm not, you know, that's the heat of the moment. And sometimes, you know, honestly, you may not know what happened. I mean, you know, you did clash as you did feel it. But again, heat of the moment, adrenaline pumping. Maybe you don't know the fact that you did do that says a lot about your character because I guarantee you, there'd be a lot of people who wouldn't. And I don't think the world would freak out and say you, you, you were a dirty fighter, uh, because you just didn't realize what happened. Like I said, it says a lot about your character that you actually did tell the referee, and again, you had no idea that it was going to stop the fight, of course. You know, you have no idea that, you know, the cut's going to be so bad. And that was also, again, credit to the ringside physicians, credit to everyone there. And the, the cut was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was bad. But were you surprised? Like, because they waved it off, like, immediately. Like, they just looked at it two seconds yeah. and they said it was done. Were you surprised they didn't, like, try a little harder to see if they could, like, you know, close up the cut and let it go on?
4: That definitely surprised me. Like you could see when it was announced, in a no contest. And I was looking at him, like I faced him and looked at him, wanting him to look me in my eyes so I can get a clear look. Like I know, like they put Vaseline in it when he sat down and it stopped bleeding instantly. Like it wasn't like it was flowing profusely anymore. You could not put the Vaseline on there, like you could at least try to go back. You know, at least doctors try to put the Vaseline try to do something. Have a cut man work it to see if something was to happen. But it was literally, he stood up. Doctor, look uh like, Oh. oh. It was like, now that, that did bother me. Like, at least give it a chance. Like, give him an opportunity. At least ask him. See what he thinks. See if it's gonna keep bleeding. And you know, it is what it is. So, not gonna get yeah. into it. Not even you all know, worked up.
3: Yeah, you you said at the at the post-fight presser, you said, you know, uh, one of your coaches, you got that advice years ago, you know, you, you, you got five minutes to sulk, and I think you've actually said that to me in the past, we talked in past interviews, and you said, you know, you get five minutes to sulk and then you move on, but I can't lie to you, Corey, I mean, the emotional moment, here we are two days removed, and I'm still feeling, I'm like, man, it just kind of breaks my heart, because you were... You were winning, dominantly. Dominantly winning the fight, and again, three seconds. All these things we look at in hindsight, but uh, is your emotion today any different than it was on Friday in terms of how you feel about the way everything played out?
4: A lot more at ease, but it still kind of burns. That was my moment to finally get my belt, you know, the thing I worked for forever, you know, and uh, now I just think I got to do it again, and the biggest thing I got to go through camp again, not just for me and the family, but coaches got to travel again I got to get training partners to fly back out again I got to put my teammates through the same ringer again you know it, it sucks all around but at the same time I'm already got my mind set on the camp you know I'm fast I'm not gonna sit here and keep thinking uh oh, I should be a champ oh I want my belt blah blah, blah. I just gotta go out there and do it again and this time do it even better
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, it's not the definitive ending you wanted, and I know you'd feel a lot better right now with a million-dollar paycheck in your bank account, but do you feel like you still answered... A lot of the questions people had going into this fight with your performance, again, it's not the ending you wanted, but you were dominating, and you were really pouring on the punishment in that third round especially, and again, I want to be clear, we, yes, there were two rounds to go, we don't know, weirder things have happened, we totally understand that, but do you feel like, at least in some way... You did answer the questions people maybe had about you going into that fight. People who thought maybe Nimkov was the best in the sport. Nimkov was kind of like the, you know, the best light heavyweight. Whatever they wanted to say. Do you feel like you did at least answer some of those questions for anyone who was, you know, questioning where you were at in terms of your your placement in this division?
4: I 100% believe I answered that. But about 90% of people are believers. You know, still people message me, commenting, oh, you ain't that good. You just did something happen or... Oh, you end up cheating to get defeated, blah, blah, blah. People are always going to talk. But I know I went out there and proved exactly what I said I was going to prove. I said it. The media was saying Bellator in their little promo. Can Corey go out there and beat the untouchable Nimkov, whos zero, seven zero, whatever he is, who's been untouchable and hasn't had anybody that can really compete with him yet? Like I made a caption yesterday. The media said he was untouchable. Overtime proves that was a lie. It was like, I went out there and did everything I said I would. Anything, everything I said was going to happen in my fight breakdown, every time I told somebody, happened. John McCarthy asked, when does the finish happen and how? I said, the fourth round. Third by end of third, I'm going to drain them out, and the fourth round, I'm going to turn it up. But As you guys saw, it was coming to an end. The fourth round, it was going to happen. Just like I said, I was going to take him down, I was going to drain them, and I was going to do exactly what I do to everybody. now. Round and time, you just can't handle that weight, that force to drive, and I keep the same cardio and push him pace the whole time so anybody that's doubting my skill now they just a hater of Corey Anderson you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not like they see any performance or anything I did wrong they just don't like Corey Anderson no matter what they do they're gonna keep knocking me no matter what I do so at this point you know like I said I'm done I stopped doing it for the people a while ago I do it to prove it to my stuff and just show what I know I'm just not done show it like Mark Henry said after he's like bro one thing I can say at least we finally got to show these people what we already know Everybody's yeah. seen what we've finally been able to do in practice because I was telling one of my uh my boys, the guy that was there in the crowd, my best friend, like bro, if you think about it, I really haven't had to fight since the Johnny Walker fight. You know, I knocked him out. The next fight, I went out there, I got knocked out. I came in the Bellator, I beat uh Man he didn't hit me. The next guy, he hit me a couple times. The first time after that, I demolished him, baited him with 51 seconds. This is the first time somebody was actually coming at me and making me show my martial arts skills to show I'm not the same dude that fought February 15th or 19th, 2019, when I lost to Yon Black for the second time. Like Things have changed. I'm not the same person I was in 2014 or throughout my whole career. Y'all just haven't seen what I've developed to be yet. And I still didn't get to show it all because a lot of things I didn't have to do. Yeah. I got to show a lot more of what people don't know.
3: You were, and we talked about this pre-fight, core, you were already, you know, in your head, you believed, without a doubt, you were the number one light heavyweight in the sport, and kind of the same thing you just said right there. If you didn't believe so, you are just being a hater because you, know, you had the dominant win over Glover Teixeira, but... Do you feel like this, even though the ending is weird and then again, we're going to have to run it back. Like, do you feel like you did it, beyond anything else? You cemented yourself as that number one guy in the sport. And no, there's going to be people who are going to say no because you're not in the UFC or some weird thing like that. I get it. I'll tell you right now, we do our own rankings. I'm going to put you at number one. Um, I don't know if that matters to anyone else. That's fine. They could say I'm stupid. I don't care, whatever, but I think you're number one. I'm going to put you number one. Um, do you feel like that If if there were questions about that, You just cemented your spot. Like they said, oh, well, you know, you lost to Jan, so you're still not number one. You just dominated for the better part of three rounds, you know, a guy who was on an incredible run. Nimkov was on a great run, man. He looked incredible so far in this Bellator run. And you went out there and dominated him. Weird finish, unfortunate finish, but you feel like you did cement yourself as that number one guy in the world. 100%.
4: 100 I told you when we talked last time, when I come back, we're going to talk, and you can say, I am the best <laughs> in the world. Now, I didn't to, but the best. Now, I went out there and showed me, man, I felt like I truly, I truly felt it and believed it, and now I really, really, truly believe it. Like I said, I expect that fight to be a tough one. But let's be honest. Like, I'm not going to say I went out there and it was, like, an easy fight, but at the same time, I made it look like I was the best. Like, I may look like I was a champion. I went out there and fought and did everything I was supposed to do. So, like I said, if you go out there and you're still knock at me now, you just a hater. people before that fight, like, oh, there's no way you're going to come close to beating him. He's so good. You won't even touch him ever. He's so good on the ground. If you did check him down, he's going to submit you. He's going to take you down. Now, all of a sudden, all quiet. It's just because they just don't want to see me shine. And that's all right. That's okay. Just say that. You don't have to go out there and knock my skills. Just say you don't like me. I'll take that over anything. That's fine. We need haters. I need haters in this world. But don't sit out there and try to knock my performance just because you don't like me. And try to get other people to believe your funk. So, uh, yeah. We are, without a doubt, 100%. I know it. I believed it. But now it's like there's no question. Like in my head, I was thinking, like, I wonder how Dana White feels now. I wonder if he saw that fight. I wonder how he feels, you know. Granted, he might not have seen it. I just wonder, like, I just wonder... Does he regret leave letting me go? Do they regret they didn't put that energy to promote me like they did other guys? Now they see what I can do with a little love behind me, with a little to feel like I actually belong somewhere, like they actually want me. You know, I think about it. I don't miss the UFC, but I just wonder if they ever look back and wonder, man, I wonder what if we actually put that promotion behind Corey, what could happen? You know, because now they see, the world sees, like, Corey he is the best, man. You can't knock it. You can't say nothing about it. Just let me keep doing my thing.
3: It's funny you say that, because I was actually on a completely different conversation I was having before we talked today. I said that to somebody. I said, you know what? I was like, listen, I know you don't regret it. I know you don't regret your choice of going to Bellator, and I I know you don't regret getting paid what you're getting paid and the opportunities you've been given. But I said, whether they'll admit it publicly or not, I can't imagine the UFC doesn't regret that, because when you look at the, you know, when you look at what you've been doing since then, you know, I just, I again, I know you probably don't even care because you're happy where you're at, but like, I can't help but wonder, do they feel like they made a huge mistake letting you go considering what you've been doing? Like, there's a lot of guys who leave in free agency, we all understand that, and a lot of them do leave towards maybe the tail end of their career or whatever, but I think you're the one guy they're going to look back on and say, man we really, we really boned that one up. Yeah, they left before I even hit my prime,
4: you know, I think I, you could have I had a kid that literally started his career there and finished his career and if you put the right time in him who knows what could happen they show love but the fact that I spent all my time there fighting with them and I, I feel like I left at the right time you know I was at a crossroad in my, premier, in my career right for my opportunity to fight for a title I lost but I hadn't even peaked yet I hadn't even hit my prime yet It was times things I hadn't even learned yet and if I hadn't left and went to D.C. and trained with him at the same time, it's just like I learned so much from him, not just about training, but mentally, and that brought me to another level of my career. And then at the same time, I feel like I hit that age where my body started to develop more. I got stronger, and things started to make more sense. So it's kind of like they let me go right in a transition stage, or who knows, when I came back, I might have got, you know, a little second wind in them, and they probably would have like, oh, this kid's actually a lot better than we thought he was, and they would have saw something in me, but we never know. We'll never
3: know because now we gone. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that I always I always scratch my head about. I'll never quite understand the logic. But again, I'm glad you're happy. And we all saw, you know, the disclosed paycheck. You know, not making a bad payday should have been a million dollars. That's a whole other story for another day. Um, at the post fight presser, you know, again, we don't know the extent of the injury to Nimkov. I know you mentioned, you know, maybe a broken orbital. Uh, Scott Coker couldn't confirm that, but he said they're hoping summertime. Again, I know this is two days removed. Ideally, would that be better for you? I mean, again, we got to find out what's going on in Nimcoff. Would you hope to get this settled sooner rather than later?
4: Yeah, I don't want to get too comfortable in out of camp. and just get to get busy and my schedule fill up. I don't have time to, well, I mean, I'm going to make time to train, but I have to cancel other plans I already made. Um, I talked to them. Actually, the next morning, me and the family got up. We went and found a place to get breakfast, and Scott and Mike Colton was actually in there as well. They were leaving when we walked in. And Cohen came up to me and confirmed. Like, uh, They sent him in and got him all checked out there. The border was not broken. Just really beat up and a really bad cut. So they say, once the cut is healed, we run it back immediately. As soon as his cut is healed, we tell him we run it back. Get back and can't. We're doing it right away. So it shouldn't be too long. It's not going to be as long as we thought. But they said we got to get this over with so we can move on with the division. It's already been a year that the title has been in the tournament. So now it'll be longer than a year. Get this title finished and figure out what's going on from there.
3: Yeah, and I assume, I mean, I think I know the answer, but like everything will be reset, meaning the million dollars will be back up for grabs, all that kind of stuff in the rematch.
4: Yep, everything is back to the same. Just go back to your contract Whatever's always going to get paid. I don't know if it goes same thing for contract pay because that's now I have another fight in, it, and each fight it goes up. But uh, the million dollars in the belt, both belts will be on the line.
3: Yeah, um, let me ask you, you know, real quick, and again, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk again when the when the rematch actually gets booked and there's a date and all that kind of stuff. And you've been through, you've had a couple, of re, you know, you've had you've had a rematch before. You understand that, but like does your mindset change at all in terms of how you approach a rematch with Nimkov now that you know how you did against him the first time? I mean, you were very confident you were going to do exactly what you did in this fight, but you just went out there and did it. Does anything change in a rematch in terms of your approach, in terms of how you feel about you know fighting Vadim Nimkov again? You no,
4: know, this is a continuation. It never ended. You know what I mean? That's like the young fight. I went out there and we dominated him and got my win. There was no presence about it. Like I said media and the press all throughout fight week, like when I went back into that fight, that was a fight it was hard for me to get motivated for. You know, I didn't want that fight. Yeah, I literally said, it made no sense at the point, but like my manager said, like we can sit and you're next for a title fight, but if Jan comes back and fight again, he gets to the win, they might give it to him. So if we go out there and we take this fight and just beat the crap out of him again, eliminate him from that equation. You know, I took the fight, but I never really was, like, pumped for it. I never was excited to go out there to fight him again because it's just it, I felt I was way better than him. And that's why I went out there and was striking and trying to – I played games instead of going out there doing what I was doing. I went out there and wrestling. But instead, I was like, I'm just going to strike him this time because he can't beat me. It cost me. This one, is I never got my hand raised. So the same fire I had before was even more. You know what I mean? I got pictures with the belt. I've seen the belt. I've held the belt. I need that. So I'm not going out there comfortable thinking like, oh, it's in the bag. I'm going out there like he's gonna be even more dangerous now because he knows exactly what's gonna happen. He felt it. So he's got time to prepare for it. So now I have to prepare for what he did well and even more things that could come. So I'm just I'm now it's like, I feel like I'm more dangerous now, gonna be more dangerous the second time than I was the first time. Because now I'm like not angry, but I'm fired up for it.
3: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Uh we talked briefly about this going into the fight, Corey, because of where you're at, you know, and again, I'll say it now, number one light heavyweight in the sport. Uh, you know, you don't have a vested interest in the UFC anymore, so I totally understand that. But I know we talked about before, like you always kind of root for your past opponents to do well. And I said that about Glover going into the earth fight. Can I ask your opinion on that fight? Like, do you believe Glover will be here? And I'm asking that because, you know, Glover doing well only makes your wins continue to look better. I mean, you dominated him thoroughly and I'm not going to revisit that question again, but is there part of you that feels like, you know, Glover is going to prove he's the number two guy in, in the fight with Uri? Yeah. 100%. He's a, I and mean, that's,
4: like Glover is more like, I just got respect for Glover, man. All my points is Glover. Like even I was in Vegas training PI with Amaga uh, Angale before his last fight and Glover came in and we are like wrestling like just joking around, talking, so I got a different respect for Glover, I don't even see the UFC when I see Glover, I see Glover and I'm always gonna be in Glover's corner. You know, granted when people are asking, oh, how do you feel about it? like I beat Glover. Yes, I did, but I still respect Glover. we message here and there, we're trying to get together and train because he's only two hours here from me. Now that my fight's rebooked, it'll probably be around the same time as his fight with Gary, he or he or my opponent fought Yuri and Yuri fought my opponent. So, you know, we might just get together and train for that, you know, help each other in that aspect. But, but I feel he's just going to, we've seen Nemkov take Yuri down when he was in, or in Risen, but Nemkov doesn't have the jujitsu that Glover does. When Glover gets you down, you usually don't get up. So I feel like he's going to take him down and take his neck, arm, whatever he want and put him away early.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people are counting Glover out, and it's kind of ridiculous, especially when you see the struggles that Yuri's had on the ground, and Glover's a whole other animal on the ground. I mean, I think that's a guy you cannot allow to get on top of you. Look what he did to Jan. You cannot allow that guy to get on top of you, and like I said, that's a different animal, and I just, again, I think people are completely underrating Glover to share going into that fight. Yeah, I
4: mean, that's the thing. People don't really, you don't do their research, man. They see Yuri excited with this spinning and all that extra weird stuff he does. But you have to look back and know somebody's what their weakness is. And his biggest weakness is his wrestling. He doesn't have good wrestling. Nemcoff took him down multiple times. Yeah, he kept scrambling and whatnot, but Nemcoff doesn't have a, have a solid jiu-jitsu base. Now, you go back and you watch any fight with Glover, he take you down, you don't get up. And if he does take you down, you get up, you take you down again the next time he finishes. I know when I went into that fight, that was the one thing. We knew he hit hard, but we knew no matter what we do, don't end up on the bottom. Like if you take him down, don't get swept. If you start getting ready sweep, you get up. Do not end up on the bottom. And we knew that because no matter how good my jujitsu is, he is just that much better. you know. And I'm not going to say, I'm way better. Hell no, I'm nowhere near close to the jiu-jitsu. And he's good at doing the MMA. Most people aren't. He's a great MMA jujitsu jitsu practitioner. And if you end up on the ground, so if Jury do all that spinning and let Glover take him down, it's a wrap.
3: Right on. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Real quick before I get you out of here, Corey, I wanted to ask you just because this was something related to your team. Uh, and I know he had left and, and was training down the American top team, but i I know you saw the news this past week. Uh, your team and your friend Marlon Marias announced his retirement from the sport. And I know you worked in the same team with Mariah, uh, Marlon for years. Uh, obviously you're like heavyweight. He was a bantamweight. So I can't imagine you guys were sparring together, but you know Marlon very well. Can I get your thoughts on Marlon, his career and, and him, uh, you know, deciding to retire?
4: Marlon had a heck of a career, man. I hate the way his career started to go down at the end, you know. But uh, we talked. He messaged me that morning the morning of the fight. I texted him there, congratulations on his career. And I hope all the best for your future with him and his family. But, yeah, he was definitely, he was one of my coaches on The Ultimate awesome Fighter, you know, one of the assistant coaches. He was there. He helped me a lot of things. I never really learned how to throw kicks. And he always showed me the motions of kicks, like the things that you your core to throw the kick and check. And I remember... When I first got here, Mark used to make me, after I was done sparring, move around with Marlon, not throwing points at him, but let him just throw kicks at it and learn how to check and block, you know? And uh, that was a good lesson that I needed because I had never thrown kicks, so I didn't know what to expect. So, you know, Marlon was a huge part. He was close to my family. His wife and my wife was always talking. and. Chit chain hanging out when uh I was sick or hurt or whatever, he would come by and check on me. Mom was always a great guy, you know, and uh I always had love for him and respect for him. And if he decided it's time to hang up the gloves, I respect his decision and uh, hope he finds something to makes him happy and fill that void in his life.
3: Absolutely, absolutely Well, Corey, like I said, man It doesn't give you the million dollars It doesn't give you the championship I know none of that You know, that won't be fulfilled Until you get the rematch And you get in there with Vadim again But personally and I, listen i know you know i've said this to you before i'm just gonna say it to you again now like for anyone i agree with you anyone that doesn't you know wants to discount your your performance and say other things they're just being haters because if anyone had a question about who's the best light heavyweight in the sport i think you answered that on on uh, on friday night you are the best light heavyweight in the sport um again unfortunate ending i wish it had gone the extra three seconds and it would have just been over but again it is what it is uh you're gonna get the rematch you get a chance but i, I truly do believe man if, if anyone's questioning it i think you answer the questions with the performance you had you are the number one light heavyweight in the sport i told you i'll rank you that way i guarantee you i will i look forward to that and i look forward to the rematch man so i know you're not you're probably not getting a lot of downtime right now right like if they're going to rebook in the summer are you going to take like a week off and just chill or how are you going to do it yeah i'm gonna take a couple weeks here you know i've been going non-stop
4: since april 14th you know the first well, since the camp for april 14th so the first fight was april 14th and i have been training what since the new year for that so i've been non-stop avoiding vacation and stuff so I told the wife, we're going to take a little time here, but uh, so we got the RV. We're going to try to load the RV up by the end of this week, whatever, get it all hooked up and probably hit the road next week, do a week road trip, go down south and come back. And then uh, her best friend gets married the next weekend, we'll go do that. And uh, yeah, we we'll get back into it. But in between, I'll be like hitting the bike and moving around and stuff to keep my shape and the right shape and my sweat going and keep my mind right. You know, if I'm sitting too long not doing anything, I just feel like I lost everything I ever learned and can't. So I'll be yeah. doing little stuff like running and doing moving around, riding my bike and whatnot. But we'll get back into camp camp within like two or three weeks. We we'll go back full gun-blown, six days a week, going hard.
3: No, uh, no hunting in between.
4: Uh, I'm gonna be hunting during, you know, because I already <laughs> had trips like I said to Mike Coker. Like I got two months of like scheduled different hunts, like hog hunts and different things, different things that go with the outdoor show. So I'm gonna have to do those, but it'd be more on the weekends, you know. So. Just make sure I can get my train session to run or something while I'm there. But the stuff is already scheduled and paid for, so I can't really bail out on it. But when it get close to it, within the six to eight weeks, when I get a 4 date six to eight weeks, everything else will stop. You know, I had to clear my schedule. Anything I paid for will just be washed because I got to get this bill. That's more You're, important than anything.
3: You have to take it out on Vadim Nimkov for making you miss out on some hunting trips, Corey.
4: Hey, that was this performance was. I already missed some stuff because of this kit. So now I really now I already got something
3: I've already paid for. Now you really got to feel it. Anything I miss out on, I'm going to take it out on them. I love it. I love it. Uh, Corey, again, I know it's an unfortunate ending. I know it doesn't give you the million-dollar prize, but it was an incredible performance. I think you did submit yourself as the number one guy in the sport. Uh, Again, anyone that's questioning that, I think they are a bit of a hater. Uh, But, again, uh, really enjoyed the performance. Uh, Take a little time off. Enjoy some time with the family. Look forward to catching up when they rebook this fight. And thank you again for doing this uh, directly after the fight. Now, sometimes, especially in a situation like this, you probably just want to decompress and not deal with it. So thank you for doing this with me today. I really do appreciate it.
4: No problem, Damon. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. I appreciate your
3: words, and I always being a real one. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. A big thank you, of course, to both Bilal Muhammad and Corey Anderson for joining the show with me today. Uh, of course, uh, very thankful, you know, days removed from their fights to uh, stop by the podcast to uh, chat with me about everything that went down over the weekend. Looking forward to whatever comes next for them. Of course, later this week, we've got a ton of fights coming up, two more Bellator events. Uh, including uh, probably my most anticipated fight of the week, Patchy Mix taking on Kyoji Horiguchi. Cannot wait for that one. Of course, the UFC's got an event coming up this weekend as well, and uh, also a big boxing match with uh, Tyson Fury taking on Dylan White. So lots of lots of fight stuff coming up this weekend. Lots of combat sports. Keep it locked in at MMAfighting.com. We got you covered, and make sure you always check out the podcast, The Fighter versus the Writer, and all your favorite podcast platforms apple podcast spotify stitcher and uh, you can always find the podcast over on mmafighting.com a big thank you once again for everyone tuning in to another episode of the fighter versus the rider thanks for tuning in we'll see you then